0: Which Rams wide receivers will make the 53 man roster? And a ridiculous Kirk Cousins rumor that's coming up next on Locked On Rams. You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Ramley? And welcome to another edition of Locked On Rams. Thank you for making Locked On Rams your first listen every single weekday, free and available wherever you get your podcast, your team every day. We're also available over on YouTube, so if you want to check out the video version of the show, join the party on YouTube, hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell. We just passed 7K subscribers, it's all thanks to you. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on, t- on Twitter and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. I've been covering LA sports for over a decade, the Lakers for SI, the Dodgers for Dodgers Nation, but now I'm Covering the Rams for Locked On. And as always, I'm joined by Mr. Travis Rogers. You can follow him on Twitter at Travis Rogers. He's the host, of course, of the Rams pre half and post game show for the Rams flagship radio network, ESPN 710 LA. The Cooper Cup to my Puka Nakua, Mr. Travis Rogers. Now, Travis, before we yes. get into it, Stetson Bennett, he caught a massive fish in Montauk over the weekend. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that. Also, the Rams, they got a deal done. The Rams have signed Stetson Bennett to his rookie contract. No details on the deal so far, but my swords are telling me that the rookie deal will run through his age 45 season. But you're a big
1: fisherman. Travis, you see that fish you got? I, I did see it. I am not an angler. Um, I'm assuming that part of the deal was that they're going to get that stuffed and mounted over his fireplace or whatever <laughs> it is that you do with those sorts of things. But it uh, it was an impressive catch, to be sure. Nice catch, man. Hemingway wrote a book about the old man at the sea, right? <laughs> right, so, right. Good times.
0: But, yeah, on today's show, we're talking about who will be making this Rams roster as far as the receivers, which six receivers will make the cut, the 53-bed roster. We have a wild rumor about Kirk Cousins, but, Travis, we're going to start right here with the PFF rankings for this Rams receiving group because PFF, they have the Rams as the 14th best receiving core in football entering training camp. Now, if you replace Cooper Cup with even an average Receiver and above average receiver. They say it's probably a bottom five group in the league. Van Jefferson, we know he had a breakout year in 2021. Last year, dealt with the injuries. Cubs definitely doing the heavy lifting. Last year, of course, played nine games, was injured, was on pace to make 142 catches for over 1,500 yards, 11 TDs on 185 targets. But what is your reaction? I mean, middle of the pack there essentially, a little bit above that. You got Cooper Cup, the superstar. But yeah. I mean, what's your reaction to being
1: 14th? Well, I think that's about right. And and I think you're exactly right and those numbers are about right. When you if you take Cooper Cup out of that mix, it falls off of a cliff. That that this is how good Cooper Cup is. Keep in mind, it was just a couple of years ago that we were talking about Cooper Cup. Never mind is the best wide receiver in football potentially, which I thought that he was right near the top, but Maybe as an MVP candidate, right? We haven't seen somebody at that position compete for an MVP in a very long time. His name was in there. He was never going to win it, but that's how good of a season he had. That's how good of a player he is coming off of that triple crown season, coming off of a Super Bowl MVP where everything that good everything good that happened to the Rams seemed to go through number 10. He was kind of the guy that made things happen. So he's obviously going to bolster that group and get them a number uh, you know, on on the right side of the of the first half of the league. But without him, it's, uh, you know, it's fairly slim pickings. Van Jefferson is fine. He's a nice NFL wide receiver. uh, But I don't know if he's the, the, you know, a a guy that you could feel comfortable with going to over and over and over again. I think we saw a little bit of that last year when uh, Cup was gone. Van Jefferson really didn't pop in a meaningful way. And then beyond those first two guys. There's a lot of question marks. I I think that this is one of the the jobs going into camp that's going to start here before too long that you can really have your eyes on. Who's going to be that wide receiver three and who's going to get that opportunity to kind of take that right from the jump? yeah exactly
0: I think when you talk about Van Jefferson we'll touch on that in a second but I think kind of my big question we look at this list is is this speak to how much Cooper Cup elevates this group oh, or does yeah. this really speak to the rest of the supporting cast are they not close, close to being as good as Cooper Cup? but we know that you can't compare anyone to Cup. he's one of one he's a guy that still one of the best receivers in the league he lines up in the slot but still can do damage vertical if you need him to a guy that has broken at least 10 tackles per year last three seasons you talk about his legendary season in 2021 where he counted for over 2,400 yards, wins a Super Bowl MVP. I think really what it comes down to when you're evaluating this group is like you just said, how good can Van Jefferson be? Can he truly step into that role as a number two receiver? I'm still holding out hope that Van Jefferson can be that WR2. I think he's shown some flashes. I saw course talked about the breakout year he had in 2021 50 catches for 800 yards he caught matthew stafford's first touchdown pass against the bears i think the other thing too when i look at him is he has proven to be a viable deep threat given his opportunities since he was drafted out of florida in 2020 He's been one of the better deep threats in the NFL in 2021, had a 63.8% success rate on nine routes and 81.5% success rate on deep posts, a 69.6% success rate on deep corners. That's also above league average. How do you feel about him as a vertical threat? Do you think it's just a matter of, hey, getting him the protection and having Matthew Stafford have time to hit
1: him deep? I think all those numbers that you're talking about, and him as a deep threat in particular, are a function of him being in the mix when there have been two other players. Right? That when it's been... Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, Cooper Cup and Odell Beckham Jr., Cooper Cup and somebody else, and then Van Jefferson in that third spot. That's when he's really been able to thrive because that's, you know, Cooper Cup obviously is going to draw a lot of attention. Robert Woods drew a lot of attention. OBJ drew a lot of attention, which means that Van Jefferson was often, you know, Dealing with a guy that was not the number one cover, that was not they were not going to shade to his side of the field, so he had a lot of opportunities there, and he took advantage of them. I think that we saw it more last year when he was more of the de facto number two. That once uh, we saw Cooper Cup go down, once Allen Robinson really struggled the way that he did, having an opportunity for him to kind of be the the focal point of an offense didn't look quite the same. That when he's the guy that you have to go to right away, it's a very different animal. Yeah, that's a great point. I think it's
0: what kind of numbers does he put up as a number two versus what kind of numbers does he put up when he's a third guy that's really having things opened up for him by guys that yeah. are in front of him. And yeah, if you look at his pro football focus on 20 yards or more in 2021, his 34.6 yards in average depth of target, that was third behind Tyreek Hill and Zay Jones. But also, he had better pieces around him. He had more opportunities. How does he do as a number two guy being guarded by better cornerbacks? That, to me, is the big question. Also, your point about... Just a big three. That's kind of a question I have for this team moving forward because we know that they've had a big three. We know that Sean McVay, 2017, going back to Cup Woods and Watkins, 2018, you had Cup Woods and Brandon Cooks. And really, when Josh Reynolds was thrust at that number three yeah. role in 2020, that was really by necessity, right? So, really, he's like to have a three receiver set out of that 11 personnel that he can trust. I think the direction moving forward is you go three by committee. And if you need, first down, move the chain. a physical block, you go Ben Skoranek. If you need a guy to move the chains. Puka Nakua. If you want to go vertical, give to Atwell a shot. But I mean, what do you think about kind of the direction that this wide receiver room is heading with no true wide receiver three in the mix?
1: Well, like you mentioned, Doug, th- th- anybody that's watched the Rams since Sean McFay has come here know that they like to play out of that 11 personnel. All, I don't want to say exclusively, but the vast majority of the time that they play with one tight end, they play with one running back, which means you have three wide receivers. You're going to have Van Jefferson. You're going to have cooper cup and then that third spot is really up in the air i I think that in a perfect world somebody's going to grab it somebody's going to take the 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 opportunity seize it and become that wide receiver three who knows maybe kind of elevate into a wide receiver two and maybe van jefferson goes back into that role as a third guy where it seems that he's had most of his success but i don't know if you constantly want a new guy in there obviously guys are going to come in and out through the course of a season but more familiarity, more more understanding of what it is that I need from you, what you need from me from a quarterback-wide receiver uh, relationship, the better, I believe. I think you're going to see somebody be given that opportunity out of the shoot. If they can hold on to it, they'll keep it. If not, like you mentioned, some of those names, you might see a lot of guys go through there. they got a lot of wide receivers coming into camp. Uh, You know, typically they're going to carry five or six guys, special teamers and return guys and everything else when you add it all together. But uh, I don't think that you're going to see more than three or four guys as as far. You know, you got Cup and Jefferson is your two. So that leaves maybe two, maybe a third spot open for that wide receiver three. Yeah,
0: I agree. with you. I don't think there's any scenario we're going to have even snaps for the number three receiver. But I think situationally, I think they could mix things up because, look, the reality is you don't have three established wideouts that deserve to be in there every single offensive snap. You have one, possibly two with Van Jefferson, I think has absolutely earned that opportunity. But I definitely want to see a more situation based approach based on the personnel they currently have, just because that number three guy is not currently established. But I definitely want to see him mix it up.
1: You know, one of the things, too, that I think will help a great deal for that third guy is if the offensive line is better. If the offensive line can protect Matthew Stafford somewhere between the normal amount of time and maybe even a slightly better than that, it frees up Tyler Higby to do a lot of things, too, which frees up defensive backs to to go to him, which means that there are less guys covering that third wide receiver, more opportunities there. The offensive line is going to have a lot to do with whether or not that third wide receiver has success or not. You know, 100% always comes down to that offensive line. But the question is, who will be the six Rams
0: receivers? It could take seven, most likely six. But which Rams receivers will make the 53-man
1: opening night roster? That's coming up next on Locked on Rams. All right, but first, D-Mac, let's talk about our friends at FanDuel. Baseball season, right? We're just about at the halfway mark, which means it's in full swing. And there's no better place to get in on the action than with FanDuel, America's number one sports book, Because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. You heard me right. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet does not win, just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to join today. Of course, Doug and I are both huge Dodger fans. We would love to talk about the Dodgers. Maybe like to get down. Maybe you want to get a little Freddie Freeman MVP action. Maybe you want to get down on Mookie. Maybe win the division, the, the, the pennant, the World Series. You got all of those things right there at FanDuel. So don't miss your chance to snag a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball, Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission and
0: rob running here on locked on rams thank you for making locked on rams your first listen every single day free and available wherever you get your podcast and a special shout out to our everyday listeners we appreciate you and you can join the everyday listeners club join the club it's free to join and you won't miss a thing about your los angeles rams and one more reminder we're also available over on youtube so if you do want to check out the video version of the show join the party on youtube just hit 7k subscribers and let us know which receivers do you see making the rams opening day 53 man roster let us know now travis here in our second segment we're going to talk about the wide receivers room and i think we've already talked about the obvious choices no question about it. i think cooper cup is a, no question about it, a lock to make it Then van jefferson as well ben skaronic to Atwell, puka nakua i think when you've heard some of the talk about him he's really impressed his coaches and his teammates i think most important like you pointed out a few episodes ago he's going to make it Tyler Johnson and Lance McCutcheon, that's kind of the battle I'm looking at if they're going to take six. Now, if they take seven, I think you got Tyler Johnson and Lance McCutcheon. We know McCutcheon, he impressed during his preseason. He definitely is a guy that he's got some height, he's got some speed, can make contested catches. But I think Tyler Johnson, you bring him in, a veteran, a guy that's had some success in this league, to me that's the guy who's going to make the cut as they're going to take six.
1: Yeah, with McCutcheon, it's really interesting because McCutcheon was kind of, if if there is such a thing, D-Mac, McCutcheon was the the MVP of the preseason last year, right? He and Bryce Perkins seemed to have this nice little rhythm together, and McCutcheon made some big catches and went over 100 yards in one of the preseason games and looked like a guy that made the team out of training camp, right? That the Rams had a a pretty set roster coming out of last season, going into the regular or coming out of camp, going into the the regular season. There were only a couple of position battles available and Lance McCutcheon grabbed one of those available spots, not just because he was a effective special teamer, but because he played really well in those preseason games. And then they barely used him at all. Even when guys were dropping like flies, he really never found his way into being a regular part of that offense. Now, You know, second year is probably always a little bit easier than the first year, as far as understanding terminology and schemes and all the things like that. But uh, that they didn't use him much might actually be a strike against him, even though he's been in the program, even though he knows some things there. Uh, I I think it's very open for those last spots. I think you got a guy like Demarcus Robinson, who they went out and found or made made a deal for him too. There's going to be opportunities for guys in that five, six, seven range, and the quickest way to make the team is that five, six, seventh wide receiver is be a good special teams player. That, that That's it, right? To, to be a good special teams player is how you make that roster because when it comes down to it, you're probably not going to catch a bunch of passes, but you might have to make a bunch of tackles yeah exactly If you can find that role on special teams you can provide value that way and if a guy
0: goes down they get banged up you can step right in there and you can go in and execute i think the thing that was the head scratch for me is like you mentioned he was a beast he was phenomenal during preseason it felt like he was going to carve out a role for this team but when he got his opportunity he really struggled getting off the line of scrimmage especially in press coverage he just could not get freed up but i mean if you compare him to tyler johnson two inches taller, ran a faster 40 time, you would think that, hey, that points to he should get that opportunity, but you bring in Tyler Johnson, means a guy, 48 catches, 528 yards, two touchdowns in the span of three years, been on basically 15 teams at this point, it feels like just kind of bouncing around, that's never a good sign, but the fact that they bring him in kind of tells me that he wants to be their red zone threat, a guy that can compliment Cooper Cup, kind of free things up, you mentioned Demarcus Robinson, he's another guy that they brought in this offseason as a free agent, and then there's Austin Trammell as well. So I think if you look at the end of this wide receivers group, I think it's going to be a competition. I don't think there's a lock at this point. I could see a world where if McCutcheon is impressing like he did last year during training camp and preseason, that they're going to battle it out. So look, you earn a job during preseason, during practice, during these preseason games, and they're just going to have to have at it.
1: You got to get open. You got to get on the field. You got to make plays, right? It's one thing to be able to do it in a preseason game where Defenses are pretty vanilla and you're playing against a, a bunch of other guys who might not be in this league by the time that the regular season turns around and doing it during a game. That's why guys like Tyler Johnson and DeMarcus Robinson; these guys are NFL players, whether or not they've thrived in the NFL or not. You know, time will tell. Like you said, guys that bounce around and not always going kind to of make you scratch your head a little bit. Like, why, why are people moving on from them? The fact of the matter is they've proven they can get open in the NFL. They've proven that they can do things in regular season NFL games where some of these other guys really have not, whether it's Trammell, whether it's McCutcheon, whether it's, you know, quite honestly, even Tutu Atwell. Tutu Atwell's hit a couple of big plays along the way, but he is a million miles away from being a regular NFL player. He's kind of a gadget guy. He's a home run hitter. Uh, You know, how many of those guys can you afford to carry on your roster? I don't know. Probably not many. Um, I think you're going to have to have somebody that can play, in the as simple as that sounds, somebody that can get open in the NFL is a big deal.
0: Yeah, and I want to bring up to Atwell because that is a guy that's really turning into one of the more polarizing players with the Rams, of course, yeah. because of course the Rams could have taken Creed Humphreys instead of to Atwell. That's pretty much becoming the Sam Bowie and Michael Jordan of the Rams draft talk in the last few seasons. So yeah, that's, that's definitely the awesome. time
1: anybody's compared Michael Jordan to uh, Creed Humphrey, by the way. But uh, sure. <laughs> hey man, yeah, hey,
0: I'm here for you, Creed. I mean, I'll hire me to be your hype man. I'll be your publicist or something like that. But yeah, I mean, I think you bring up a great point in that he's a gadget guy. He's really a specialist. He's definitely bite size, 5'8", 165 pounds. Yeah. But the hope with him was that he was going to give you that vertical threat that they had with Brandon Cooks, right? The 4'3 speed, a guy that can really stretch the field, open things up. He actually did impress when he got some opportunities. I mean, he averaged 62.6 snap counts of the receiver positions in the last eight games of the season, 93% of the snaps of the season finale against the Seattle Seahawks. So he does have some momentum carrying into this season, But yeah, I mean, he has just not gone that significant amount of time Two touchdowns, 27 touches, 332 yards. You're entering year three. Hopefully he's poised for a breakout year. That's going to be all the talk. And look, you can't coach speed. You can't coach the kind of speed he does have. The only question is, are they going to be able to utilize it? And will Sean McVay put him in better positions to succeed and take advantage of that?
1: Yeah, you mentioned Brandon Cooks a second ago there, and, and Brandon Cooks had that incredible speed, right? Brandon Cooks was the guy that could take the top off, get behind the all, all the the phrases that we all know. The difference was, Brandon Cooks was a pretty good wide receiver. Brandon Cooks got open. He could run other routes. You could throw him the ball and, and, and get things done. Tutu Outwell has not shown that. He can get behind guys. He can run past some people. But if that's the only thing I really need to worry about defending, I don't think it's 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 all that challenging to go up against a team that just has one guy that's going to run to the end zone and the other guys are going to run more of the complete route tree. He's going to have to become a more complete football player and I I'm a broken record on this topic Dmac. I'm not a huge fan simply because it's nothing. He's just too small. You know, I I know that there are smaller guys in the NFL occasionally, but he has proven that it's difficult for him to stay on the field. It's proven to have been difficult for him to get open in in smaller areas. He can haul, he can fly, but I'm going to need a guy that can do more than one thing. I, I really think there's a chance by the time we get to there that he could be the odd man out. I really do.
0: Wow. Yeah, I mean, look, the, the reality is you look at the production just really has been there. 18 catches, 298 yards, one receiving touchdown, one rushing touchdown, and 21 career games. You mentioned the durability issues. He is limited. You hope that he doesn't break before he breaks out, right. right? I mean, just as a receiver, hopefully it happens for him. Hopefully they can find a role. I think you did see last year when you had Baker Mayfield, you had a quarterback that could throw and get him the ball, That he was more of a threat. So I'm hoping a healthy offensive line, a healthy Matthew Stafford, you can find a way to Optimize two to Atwell. But if it doesn't happen this season, you're probably looking at a bleak future for Atwell. Then Ben Skaronick, of course, this is a guy. He's big, he's tough, he's physical. Notre Dame guy, fifty catches, five hundred nine yards, no touchdowns. Doesn't have a very high ceiling, but he does have those great physical tools, right? Fullback, wide receiver, hybrid option. Really helps McVeigh disguise plays, provides that blocking ability. Kind of missed time this season with injury. But how high are you on Skaronik heading into the season, travis
1: I like him. I, he, I, I'd be shocked if he doesn't make the team for all the reasons that you said. He can do a lot of things. He's a tough guy. He can block. He can play a bunch of the different wide receiver positions. What he's a lot like is a lot like Cooper Cup. He's just not as good of an athlete as Cooper Cup. He's just not as as, as strong. He's not as fast. He's not. He just doesn't have the 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 raw ability that a guy like Cup does. But for all the reasons you mentioned, I think that he's he's virtually a lock to make the team. He does a lot of the things that Sean McVay likes.
0: Yeah, a lock. I think, for this team to have success, he's going to do those little things, do the dirty work that you see you need guys to do in this league to have success. And then Puka Naku, of course, we've talked about sure. quite a bit on this show. Very high on Puka Nakua. I'm still getting those Puka shells. They're both going to rock them. I want you to rock them after the first postgame show of the season. <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. Get you some Rams-colored ones. But, yeah, yeah I think the thing with Puka, I mean, not eye-popping numbers at the combine, right? A four, five, seven, forty. 40 the broad jump, 121. Inches, did have those great numbers, but guess what? Cooper Cup in 2017, right. a 4 6 2 1-6-2 in the 10-yard split. He's pretty special, I would say, right? worked out. So he's been receiving rave reviews at OTAs and minicamp. It's not going to blow you away, like I said, without speed and athleticism, but it has the potential to be a versatile possession receiver. I think this is a guy that's going to have a role early on. I think he's mature beyond his years, and I think they're hoping that he can play that Robert Woods role where you can't handle the ball off of the backfield. He can't give you those third downs, tough, contested
1: catches, and I think he's going to have an impact this season. Can you be a football player? Can you get open? Can you make plays? Can you go the right way at the right time? These are the things that are going to be the difference between not getting on the field and getting on the field, right? Can you do what you're being asked? Not that you have this number on, on a combine, but can you get open when we need you to get open? Are you going to the right spot when the play is called? Those are the things that those young guys need to figure out. I think he's got as good a chance as anybody.
0: Yeah, and last night I watched that game against Baylor in 2021. Five catches, 160 yards, one touchdown. I mean, this is a guy that can be very, very productive. Sure. I know I had really nothing to watch yesterday. I finished succession and I was kind of late on that. So news, I watched
1: either. the Baylor,
0: I Dodgers watched the Baylor BYU game.
1: Yeah, the Angels and White Sox, who really other than Otani say, Yeah, I get it. I get it. You gotta go back and watch some old stuff. I had to do it. But coming up in our final segment here, we're talking about a wild rumor
0: about Kirk Cousins to the Rams as a possibility. That's coming up next on Locked on Rams. And welcome back to Locked on Rams. Thank you for making Locked on Rams your first listen every single day. Free and available wherever you get your podcast. And a special shout out to our everyday listeners. We appreciate you. And here in our final segment, we're talking about a wild rumor about Kirk Cousins as a possible quarterback for the Rams. This, of course, coming from... Mike Florio who suggested this idea and we're going to get into the details. It's just, but Travis, I mean, my reaction to this is I don't (laughs) see this happening. I still think Matthew Stafford has more years left in the tank. He's under contract for multiple seasons. I think as long as he's healthy, he's going to be under center for the Rams. I just don't see Kirk cousins as a guy that gets you over the top. He's not at the level where you say he's a super bowl winning quarterback. We know it's super bowl or bust, really for this Rams organization. If they're going to make a move like that.
1: Yeah. It just, Somebody explain to me why you'd want to do that, right? I Like, I understand if you're going for it, you've got Matthew Stafford. If you are not going for it, you don't want a middle-of-the-road quarterback, right? And that's what Kirk, Cous- Kirk Cousins is slightly better than the middle of the road. They've had that with Jared Goff. They've had the guy that's slightly better than the middle of the road. If and when it comes time to move on from Matthew Stafford, it's going to be by trying to find the quarterback of the future, right? Now, Now maybe there's a scenario where you have a, a little bit of a bridge here. You didn't get the draft pick you want. There's nobody available that you think you can get through, but – isn't that to where you kick the tires on on Stetson Bennett? I just I just don't see the benefit of the Rams having a player like Kirk Cousins on their roster in the next two, three years. It's either going to be Matthew Stafford or it's going to be who's ever coming next. Whether that's Caleb Williams or, or, or anybody else or any other draft pick, I just the the scenario where a guy like Cousins is your quarterback, I just can't get there.
0: Yeah, no, exactly. I think age-wise, doesn't make a lot of sense. He's 34 years old. Now, where this rumor all stemmed from was Mike Florio was on Rich Eisen show, and he said that Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan might have a, quote, tug of war over Cousins if the Vikings don't re-sign him as a 2024 free agent. Well, I'll say to that is, if they're having this tug of war, hopefully they're letting Tutu Atwell be the one that's pulling the rope and not Aaron Donald for them, because I don't want to see Kirk Cousins <laughs> on the Rams. And look, honestly, on top of everything else, The situation with the Rams and Matthew Stafford, he has a $49.5 million cap hit in 2024 with a $55 million in dead money if they trade him, and $86.5 million in dead money if they cut him. So that all tells you there's no chance the Rams are moving on for Matthew Stafford. And on top of everything else, I still think that Matthew Stafford is a significantly better option. I think he's a superior quarterback when he's healthy. He's a Super Bowl winning quarterback. So there's that. I just don't think the connections are deep enough with Sean McVay and Kirk Cousins to say, oh, he. He's that guy. And I like your point. I think you make the best point. And if they're going to go with another quarterback, they're going to go younger. They're going to find that yeah. next guy either be via trade, give Stetson Bennett a chance, or draft someone in the future. But Kirk Cousins, he's not going to be that guy that's going to lead this team to another Super Bowl run. And that really is the standard here. It's can you win a Super Bowl for this team? I the answer is no. No,
1: unless I blacked out at some point during my football watching career, did I miss the part where Kirk Cousins is good? I mean, I just, I, I, just what 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 are you talking about here? That I, I understand he's not bad, but I've seen Kirk Cousins. It's one of Kirk Cousins has never walked into a football stadium and had the other guy go, we're in trouble today. Kirk Cousins is here. It's just <laughs> yeah. he's fine. He, he's fine. I just this idea that, oh, you know, you got a Kirk uh, eh eh? eh. I get it that when Sean McVay first came in and Jared Goff was here and it didn't look like he could play, that there was some familiarity there because they've been in Washington together and maybe you're just looking for a little stopgap. I agree with you completely, Doug, that what Matthew Stafford brings to the table is light years beyond what Kirk Cousins does. And when it's time for life after Matthew Stafford, it's not going to be with a guy like that.
0: Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, he put up some nice regular season numbers, 29 touchdowns, over 4,500 yards, had eight game-winning drives. But that was the regular season. We're talking about the playoffs. We're yes. talking about the playoffs. We're talking about Matthew Stafford, a guy playoffs. who has went to the postseason. He has reached the mountaintop. To me, Kirk Cousins is Kirkland Vodka. Matthew Stafford is Grey great goose, right? He's on a whole other level, right? He is actually the established brand
1: name. It's fine. You, If you, if that's all you got, we will do that. But we can also do a little bit better than that, I think, most of the time. And, look, it, the Rams will have to find a quarterback after Matthew Stafford, whether that's next year or the year after that or the year after that for all the cap reasons you laid out. Maybe he decides, look, th- this is football and we, we have a lot more information than we used to about guys getting their bell rung and all this stuff. And maybe he decides I've had enough and he walks away and this decision gets moved up a little bit. I just don't think Kirk Cousins is the answer to that decision, Kirkland vodka or otherwise.
0: <laughs> and so it feels like we both agree. It's just Mike Florio pulling yeah. something out of his, you know what, during the dead period of the off season, right? There's really nothing yep. there. to me. This means absolutely nothing There's zero true to this, but let us know down below. How, what are your thoughts on the possibility of Kirk Cousins being a, possible rams quarterback one day and who do you want to see making the final cut out of the rams receiver room let us know down below my name is doug mccain you can follow me on twitter and instagram at dmac underscore la as always i'm joined by mr travis rogers you can follow him on twitter at travis rogers and until next time whose house is locked on rams house